This episode of the Quad Squad Pod is sponsored by The Ballad of Bonaduke by R.T. Slaywood, a dark urban fantasy available exclusively on Kindle Vela. Visit our link tree or the description of this episode of the podcast for more information on how to begin reading today. Now let's start the show. episode 11 now it feels like just yesterday we all got on here started yelling over one another um <laughs> but i i feel like we've all come a long way um we could not be more excited to be back uh the first 10 episodes um if you've listened to all of them by now uh great if not shame on you but uh we wanted to spend those first 10 episodes kind of introducing you all to us or us to you, um, let you know some things that we like, maybe some things we don't, and maybe some of our hot takes, like when Aaron said that Tom Petty was a better guitarist than Jimi Hendrix. Fuck um, you, Andrew. <laughs> with that being said, uh, as I go to update my board here, we are going to have some fun today. And the topic today is going to be a little bit different than anything we've discussed thus far. We're going to be talking about the prevalence of Christianity in the political right in America. So, <clears throat> buckle the fuck up. Oh, these clips are going to be good. You guys went way off script for this episode. And we've all had a shit week, so seriously, buckle up. Who Where's the high definition? <laughs> Who better to constructively criticize than conservative Christians? Than four ordinary white dudes. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we again we figured what there wasn't enough of on the internet was podcasts with white guys. So uh, we're just really glad to be able to to come back there. But no, so so we uh, again we had to find our head. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to rope a dope you with talks about Star Wars and DC and Marvel. And now that we've lulled you into a sense of a false sense of security, here we are. But um, to to get started today, um, we kind of wanted to start more broadly and then work our way in. But I, I think one of the things that's most prevalent uh, or is a very prevalent talking point in this country is that this is a Christian nation. And I just want to point things out for for a lot of Americans who don't seem to understand that we have never been, nor are we currently a Christian nation. It's specifically written into the Constitution in the First Amendment. I know it's not the Second Amendment, so a lot of people get confused there, but freedom of religion. We are not a Christian nation. You are not forced to be Christian. You are able to do whatever you'd like. Exactly. And the Founding Fathers were completely against this being a Christian or any religious nation. Mm -hmm. 
they were staunch against it. And when people say our forefathers wanted it, it's like, no, they, they not only did they not want it, they were extraordinarily specific about it. Yes. Like they couldn't have been any more specific about it than they so were. So Polly and I were talking about this before you guys jumped on. And I have an article pulled up from the Harvard Political Review. And this dates back to 1644, where this was a talking point. So um, I'm just going to read you a quick excerpt from this article. It says, it is no question that the United States is a nation of at least nominally religious origins and one that, upon its founding, housed numerous Judeo-Christian minorities, Puritans, Quakers, Baptists, Jewish people, among others, face intermingled, shared characteristics, and interacted with their governments overtly only to the extent that they would be allowed to maintain their religious freedom. Indeed, notions of limited interaction between religion and government in the United States date as early as 1644, with Roger Williams' promulgation of a wall of separation between the church and worldly affairs. So this country became a country in 1776. Over 130 years prior, they were already talking about how they wanted to separate the church and the state. It it goes back... I see that conversation, you know? Like at the bar, like no matter what happens, we we have to make sure that like religion and politics kind of like stay out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how many beer, no matter how many Sam Adams we have at the at the the bar tonight, <laughs> make sure this doesn't happen. But yet here we are, and we've got a Supreme Court that is taking women's rights away based on Christian values and religious arguments. Yeah. And that, and I think that's where one of the other things I wanted to wanted to bring up was the the idea of sin, right? So sin is a, and this is a term that gets thrown around all the time now as a way to sound like pseudo intellectual. <laughs> so let me put that hat on. Sin is a social construct, right? So sin was created to determine what was moral or immoral or evil. Or not evil. But the thing is, sin exists within Christianity. But for people who are not Christians, sin is not something that governs their life. Right? This is an argument that's been had about, like, without religion, how would you know what's okay and what's not? Like, some of us are comfortable in the fact that we know we wouldn't murder someone without the Ten Commandments. It's not something everybody needs. But... They want to force that sin and what's evil on everybody else. The people who talk about not wanting uh, the existence of people who aren't straight, white, heterosexual people uh, Mm -hmm. shoved down their throats are shoving their religion down everyone's throats, telling them they're evil. They're going to go to hell. You're a sinner. This is wrong. All when they're not governed by the same principles. And I think that at its foundation is... I mean, there are so many issues like we talked about before we even started filming. But... Well, and there, there, there's a problem when, when our governing bodies today, we have people in Congress right now using the word demonic. When it, and, and it's all conspiracy theory, but it, you know, the demonic left. Well, it sounds the... good. You know, all they need is clips. All they need is sound bites sometimes. Right. I mean, if you if you look at like if you look at like half like a majority of like the uh, I, I I don't know about your Twitter because we were talking about it earlier, but like I get tons of shit I don't follow and it's all right wingers. Yep. And I see this crazy shit they post, and every single one of them is from the conservative post or 
the conservative something or other or conservatives daily or something like that they're not like real websites they're just like they're they're websites that publish stuff every day and then you know Dinesh Souza or you know like uh those two ladies who aren't actually in a body of of government in Florida they always deliver in Spicer and stuff like that like they always tweet this stuff and then they have that article underneath mm-hmm. and the closest the closest they get to real news is like using like a Newsmax or like a Real American News article that like is almost there. But other than that, like if you read the the, the title, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, mm-hmm. any of us could put up a WordPress blog in forty five minutes, and it would be a website. It would be a place that has words on a page, but that doesn't mean any of. I can cite it in my arguments. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's something I just saw and I don't know where, maybe I lost this article, but I think it was the 2020 election. There were a number of people or a number of, um, clergymen and women talking about how the results of the election were demonic. Like you talked about Aaron. Um, so it's, it's, it's so, it just, that it, it, I don't even have the words, the, the words to describe the frustration surrounding that. But it, it really is. It's like the base, the base is so, it's so shallow. Like if, if you're fishing for ways to engage a conservative Christian base, you're not getting to your ankle bone if you step into the water. It's no, my, like oh my God. evil groomer um, indoctrination, which is, the, which is the best part. Because if you think about Christianity. If you think about parents who take their children to church, these children never have a choice as to whether or not they want to go to church. They're just yeah. brought to church. They are led They're to believe to this is how it should be. Yeah. And so many people that I have made friends with, some of which I'm very close with, some of which are even in this chat, are people who were brought to church from a very young age and who mm-hmm. were made to believe yeah. this is what's right. And this is what's wrong. And yet the trauma that has caused is so deep that they spend their entire lives trying to undo it successfully or not undo it. Um, Dude, on the note of deconstructionists, like we're talking about right now and all the evangelical deconstructionists like that we know on TikTok or Twitter or whatever it might be. It's like the people that argue the hardest with them and like really aggressively like attack them or call them names or try and dox them are like Christians and you can tell that the only reason they even bother, like nothing, even bother. the only reason they're so amped up about it is because they're afraid that, that what that person is talking about is right. They're like, there is a deconstructive value to this. Like it, you don't have to live your life that way. And they're afraid to do that because that's the way they live their life. I don't know any other way. And that's gotta be terrifying. I mean, every single deconstructionist I know is always says that they're like, listen, this wasn't easy. I didn't get here overnight. Right. This took years and years and years of understanding what I was taught my entire life that that was wrong. Right. Well, and in, um, being an atheist, I guess I, I'm assuming all of you are atheists also, but, um, in becoming atheist and de- deconstructing deconstructing my religion um the worst part is when you say 
to somebody that you're you're an atheist and they're just like, oh no, you're not. You can't be. How is that possible? Where do your morals come from How is if that you're an atheist? My favorite question. And, and, and it's, and I'm talking people close to us, not, not just somebody on the internet. No, like my mom the other day, I said, she was talking about being in church and I'm, I love that my mom is able to, uh, be happy in her faith. I have no problem with her faith whatsoever. But then when I she says, I prayed for you, and I say, well, I'm an atheist. And then she goes, no, you're not. Huh. I, I'm not? Just because you said so? No, fuck that. I'm also hungry, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> well, I think one of the funniest things with that is, you know, when the Christians are like, well, why, why do atheists always come at, you know, Christians instead of Muslims and, you know, Hindu or whatever it may be. It's just like, well, because a lot of us were Christians, like we go after what we know, like we're, you know, we're not even attacking. We're just pointing out the problems with the religion because we grew up in that religion. Like I, you know, I don't talk about Muslim because I or the Muslim religion or because I'm not Muslim. I didn't come from a Muslim background, so I'm not going to speak on something that I don't know. Like, there's certain aspects I could speak on, but as a whole, as an atheist, I'm atheist because of the Christian religion, because of what I went through in Christianity. Like, that's why I speak on it the most. Well, and it's not, it's, it's not Islam, it's not Islam, it's not Buddhism, it's not any other religion that is starting to make laws in this country. Starting? Yeah making laws in this country it's christianity christianity is the only thing that is preying upon our government and that's well, it it's it's it is the fact that that religion and that religious ideology is used as the as the justification for the bigotry because it's not bigotry these are my religious beliefs i should be able to express them however i would like when they are clear, like if you just took the religion out of it and if it was you're gay or you are trans or you are marrying someone who is of a different race or whatever it may be. And I don't like that. I don't believe that should be the case. And it's not because I'm Christian and I were just to say that it would be bigotry. Bigotry justified by your religion is still just bigotry. Mm-hmm. You're you're. You're just you just have a rosary hung up uh, on your. No, it's not. It's just how I feel. It's just how I feel. It's just it's how I have to feel because of my religion. Like I hate that. It's it's because of my religion. No, don't you understand? What is it? Is it love? Love the sinner, hate the sin, or whatever dumb shit that they try to say as a way to be like, oh no, just everything about you I despise, but you as a person you're fine. Like okay, that makes me feel so much better. Thank you. So going back to like. Oh, the uh, I was just going to say, going back to like the beginning of it, um, well, not beginning, but, you know, one thing I found um, is that, you know, most states followed federal example and abolished religious tests for public office. Like there used to be religious tests to be in public office. Um, some states mandate uh, maintain religious tests well into the 20th century. And Maryland actually required a declaration of belief in God for all state office holders until 1961. Like. It's just crazy to think that, like, 
you know, as a country that was built on the foundation of freedom of religion, that that went on for so long as like a mandatory thing, even though federally they were just like, no, <laughs> like we shouldn't be doing that. And took until 1961 before it wasn't in every single state. Well, that's like you, you, you hear the people who talk about states' rights um, and whether it be, whether it be Roe, whether it be, um, fucking pick something, but, um, states' rights are the reason why, um, the, the Civil War happened because they were fighting over states' rights. There and that's so, all. And there, that's all. There are so many things that should just, should just be law, but they aren't because so much of this country is still so deeply ingrained in these Christian beliefs and this ideology that is just like, it is wild. It is wild to, <laughs> it is wild to hear like these people that we see on TikTok or the stuff you see on Twitter and the things that these people say with their entire chest and they feel justified to say and comfortable saying is like, but they don't even believe it. They don't even believe it. They're weaponizing Christianity right now. They're weaponizing it. They're using trigger words. They they don't believe anything they're saying. They're I don't, just I don't trying believe to. That. I I that may be the case with some, but I I do believe there are so there are still a ton of people who are so fervently bought in on those beliefs that they do they don't see the wrong outside of their own perspective. I do think you're right in some cases, but. <laughs> What did, what did you say? Like the higher up in politics you go, the more you understand that maybe you are just using it, you know, like, you know, like people at home and then evangelists at home, they believe in the religion wholly. And then like the further you go up the line, maybe it's all strategy at that then, point. Yeah. You're marketing yourself. Yeah. You have to it's figure strategy, out. But I'm sure there's still zealots out there that are higher up there oh, yeah. that believe everything they fucking say. Like I, they, I believe they might believe Green, it, but the fully believes everything that she says. Yeah. No, she I doesn't. I believe Lauren Boebert believes everything she says. I don't believe, I don't think they believe anything they say. They're looking for a reaction. I don't reaction. know, Lauren Boebert's kind of crazy. She, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to believe that she doesn't believe that because to go on with it the way she, she does is just incredible. Like, you should see her Twitter page. It is psychotic. Yeah. Um... Speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's one of the she's one of the people who openly discusses Christian nationalism as a as a good thing. part of the Republican. Yeah, no, platform. she straight said this this is this should be a Christian nationalist country. Uh, she announced after the backlash of those statements that she would begin selling Christian nationalist T-shirts. Nice. <laughs> she also attended uh, whatever. I'm gonna make my point. Whatever. Um, <laughs> white supremacist Christian nationalist convention that Nick Fuentes hosted. She spoke at that conference and then like after it tried to basically disassociate with him entirely. Like people would reference that and she would try to like deflect or change the conversation and like tried to make it like she wasn't there. Like she didn't speak at it, but the like, <laughs> like there weren't tons of pictures of her there or video of her speaking like, or, or video of her speaking at said conference. <laughs> oh god why'd you make me get on twitter oh my god it's so awful we need, we need to be the party of a party of nationalism and i'm a christian and i say it proudly 
we should be Christian nationalists. <laughs> Green said in an interview while attending the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit in Florida. And if you look into Turning Point USA, it's like of the most psychotic cult shit ever. Turning Point USA is where Charlie Kirk works. And for those of yeah. you who, who have never seen Charlie oh. Kirk, he looks like a normal person. And then if you just took his facial features and pushed them in like the 12% in the middle of his face, it's like a TikTok filter. But there, but, but there are so many people like Charlie <laughs> Kirk, like Ben Shapiro, like Steven Crowder, who go and there are people on the left who do the same thing. And, and it, they're all asinine. They go to uh, sit at a table and talk to some 18 year old uh college student who's a freshman who doesn't even know what their major is going to be and they're all just taking their their general studies and then they like get into a debate with them and it's like ben shapiro owns a liberal college student and there's this whole like there's this whole corner of the internet that's dedicated to like just these grown adults conversing with effectively people who were in high school three months ago yeah. and assuming mm-hmm. there is there is some intellectual superiority there like that's anything to hang your hat on it's just it's it's one thing after another the the, the Ben Shapiro clips are my favorite because he's starting he's starting to lose to those 18 year olds you know like he's, he's starting them. to like yeah they've been watching him in like in, in like the last few I've seen it's like he can't talk fast enough to slow them down they're like oh yeah well and they just come right back at him and he finds some sort of way to muddy the waters and then get out when he when he's like still quote unquote ahead have you ever seen the video when he he goes on cbc it's either bbc or cbc so it was either um it's bbc it's bbc and he's got like this adult man in his 60s who's interviewing ben shapiro and he's not giving him an out and ben shapiro's he's on the hook and he won't answer and then ben shapiro just ends the interview abruptly yeah he's like like, well it's been nice talking to you and he's like walked off He's like, I, I need to go buy one two-by-four from Home Depot and put it in a plastic bag. Every goddamn Sunday, Marjorie Taylor Greene gets on Twitter and puts up the same meme, join me in prayer today and every day to end abortion in America. And I've made videos about that. Okay, uh, say your prayers, but how about we start teaching sex ed how about we start making contraception available to everyone how about we have universal health care that will end abortion republicans are trying to cut school lunches right Right now you think if we get rid of abortion and there's more kids out there there's going to be a social safety net for those kids who are born into families at or below the poverty line like they, they're already trying to get. Unbelievable. Well, those kids getting I mean, peanut I, butter sandwiches I, is just too much. You know, they can't even have a peanut butter sandwich. Just the water. They're trying to vote against um, free school lunches, which kids should have anyways. I'm just saying that we should make sure that's specific, so that like I'm, I'm just covering our asses, boys. Just covering our asses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if Republicans wanted to make kids not eat and focus more on school. But well, no, like, 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 like that's next. That's next. You know, it's one one thing at a time. You know, first they'll stop at free lunches. And then we, why do we even have food at school? I mean, if we're if we're not giving it to them for free, they shouldn't have it there in the first place. So we'll just hostess hostess went woke because they did a rainbow cupcake at some point this year. <laughs> so can't but, have those. But don't you guys? Don't you guys remember that part of the Bible where Jesus Jesus said, "Fuck the kids. Mm-hmm. We don't need to feed them." I think that was I think that was Leviticus. Yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them kids. Polly, you're you're muted. We lost it for a second, Polly. This kid thing is gonna whew, trying to make sure. Um, He's like, but yeah, so I wasn't Josh, a part of that conversation. I had my mic turned off. Yeah. Um, so Josh Halley tweeted um, on Juneteenth of all days. Um, Today is a good day to remember. Christianity is the faith, and America is the place slavery came to die. That he, he said that on Juneteenth. Oh my god. Somehow forgetting that chattel slavery was on this land for 400 years and stripped all Africans in chains from their religious roots. And Christians were the ones that that used their good book as a reason to keep slaves. (laughs) Fucking end the podcast right now. Asteroid. It's going to be called Bring on the Asteroid. Yes, just... (laughs) Bring the on world, the asteroid. Can the world just okay, no, no, be Armageddon if they don't end up uh, drilling into the asteroid or whatever? The f- I don't know. I'm- okay, let, let, listen. On the conversation of real and fake, and like whether or not these people are just like placating to hateful right wing voters and stuff like that. Like when when Josh Hawley says uh, tweets that right there. Okay, like our history is very clear about like when slavery, this and that, blah blah. You know. So like so is he doing it he he is he's doing he's saying that shit just to piss people off on June nineteenth. Well, like he said did, that did on he purpose. Sober? He said that on did purpose. Did he get all drunk and be like, on... I'm gonna piss off all the libs? There's no coincidence that was said on Juneteenth. I think that's yeah, of a course. safe estimate. That's a safe estimation. And he's but like, he's like, absolutely placating. He doesn't believe any of it. Marjorie Taylor Greene, anytime she says pray to end abortion, she doesn't believe it. Marjorie Taylor Greene chased down one of the victims from the Parkland shooting, or I don't even remember what shooting it was when he came to testify in front of Congress. No, it was the Parkland shooting. It was uh, David, what's his name? Um, And basically said he was full of shit or like wouldn't even let the kid cross the street without hounding him. She is not sane. She tried to like break into AOC's office and was like yelling at her through the, through like the mail slot. Like that 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 woman is not okay. And should so, not be in Congress. No. no. No, her and Zangief should go escape to an island somewhere. And then... Do, do you guys know what Marjorie Taylor Greene has done in in Congress? Nothing. I mean, she, she tried to impeach go- Joe Biden six times. Uh, nine. Nine, nine times. It's nine. I did a video about this like a week or two ago, and it was only nine then. So for all I know, it could be ten by now because... Because her and Lauren were arguing the other night about who is going to impeach Joe Biden. Yeah, this, this, they're, this argue, argument they're arguing Trump's over war. whose impeachment is better. Oh my God. And then, so and, and then Marjorie's like, you little bitch. Like, 
Can you can you submit letters of impeachment in crayon? <laughs> or does no, it no. have to be typed up? The best part is her last three attempts, and I, I think we all can like we all know that like regardless of whether she's doing, she's only doing this so she doesn't have to do anything else, and she and she can put this like on Twitter, she can put this in the news, she can she can be you know seen by uh, her constituents, but like nobody, she has like no co-signers. Like it's not like her and like you know McCarthy and all, the three of them Gates have like actually signed on to this. She's just filing articles of impeachment. And then announcing it, and then going on Fox for a couple of days, and then fucking forgetting about it. And yeah. then she does it well, again, like well, because, six weeks because later. They, they put suggestion box on a garbage can, or like here's where <laughs> you file these, and she puts them in there, and no one ever looks at them because it's all like if you listen to her speak about it, it's like if any of the four of us had to quickly over the next ten minutes come up with articles of impeachment without access to the internet. We could have we, we could do a better job of compiling information. Yeah, that that would build a, a competent case around that. But yeah, even, I, even I, for Biden. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, like the thing is, is that it's it's not even like Biden's doing a good job. He's just doing a better job than Trump did. Yeah. So he's like, a de- devout Catholic. Yeah. Who actually goes to church? Excommunicated, or they told him whatever because he said he supports abortion. Like that was a big thing a year or two ago. But yeah, like my my mom is Irish Catholic. There is so much from Catholicism that is just guilt. Like you're you're born with this guilt. It will always be with you. Um, Oh, based on the Irish Catholic thing, you're gonna love this, and I think I probably told you guys this before, but like. So when I was having my heart transplant, um, I was here in Michigan, and they said it was going to be a year and a half to two years. And they said that if I were in California, it would take three to six months because bigger population, more liberal points of view. Plus, they had Hawaii, which you could also get a heart from. But in Boston, Irish Catholic Boston, it was four years plus. Because, nope. yeah, because they believe they have to die with their body you can't parts desecrate the body in, in order to ascend to heaven or whatever it is so like just that belief just just that simple belief system stops people people that they may care about people like their grandmother or you know their uncle or something like that that's getting old and gonna die and they can't well, have heart transplants so my family is very irish catholic and when i told my mom my end of life wish it wishes which i put on paper what i want done I was like, I want to be cremated. And she clutched her pearls. She's like, you can't do that. I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be I just like, fine, I, Mom. Actually, it's, pre- it's pretty simple. I can explain the process to you once I'm, <laughs> yeah. once I'm brought into the, but, into the funeral. But, I mean, it, it's just... And that was burned... When I was a senior in high school, I was devout devout catholic i wore was that a frosted uh, tips nine toes that was frosted tips ten nice. toes at the time <laughs> oh yeah ten toes then that's a great but band I, frosted I, uh, tips and ten toes oh my god that is fucking awesome i, ha- I had a saint i had a saint nicholas necklace around my neck um but then you're just like you start to learn, oh my God, this is all bullshit. You get in the real world and you're no longer in the bubble you grew up in. And you only, like, as you get older, 
your understanding of the world grows even if you stay in the same place because you have your job, you're out on your own, you have your responsibilities. God forbid you move away to another state, to another city, to even a different part of the same state, you get into a relationship, you get married, you have children, and then you're like, so, so much of this is bullshit. And there are going to be people that hear that and they are going to clutch their pearls. And they're going to mm-hmm. be like, I can't believe you would think that. But like, one thing I learned after getting divorced and for like for so long, and I mean, I even still do it, but like all that matters at the end of the day is like you need to live your life in a way so you can look yourself in the mirror and be okay with yourself. If you live your life to make everybody else in your life happy, you will be so fucking miserable. And I can testify to that. Um, but what, it, it was freeing. Like coming to that realization, and this was long, long past when when religion was something that was actively in my life. But you you spend so much time unwinding these things, and these things become so ingrained within you that you don't even realize it's like something you learned at church or something that has to do with religion. But it's just it it's wild how how woven into the fabric of your everyday life a lot of this stuff becomes, and years down the road you don't even realize that and you're like oh shit and you kind of have those epiphanous moments like you like you laid out well and most of the people who are shitty people who will fuck you over who will lie to you excuse me they will think that well, I'll be forgiven in the end, as long as I repent in the end. It's like, okay, so as an atheist, I don't think that way. I just choose not to be a shitty person. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to fuck you over. I don't have a get-out-of-jail-free card, so to speak. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew, you made this point earlier about like people who say, like, well, how do you— how do you not do bad things if you're not afraid of God? And every time somebody says that, I'm like, holy sociopath, Batman. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you, the only reason you're not doing horrible things to people is because you're afraid of burning in hell for eternity. So what you're saying right. is that if you weren't afraid of burning in hell, we'd all be fucked, right? Like, imagine if we took other books this literally. Like you're basing, you're basing right and wrong and how you govern every moment of every day of your entire life around this mythical being who can see everything and hear everything all the time. And honestly, sounds a lot like Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows Um, when you've been better. And honestly, one thing, one thing that I always hearken back to is like, if heaven is the place where all the conservative Christians are going to end up, that's the last place I'd ever want to be. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to be there. And I think we need to swing this back maybe a little bit. We probably should have started out this way, but just so everybody knows why I'm an atheist, and I don't know why you guys got to that point, but I'm an atheist. I was born and raised Irish Catholic. And very much staunch Catholic until my 20s. Um, And then the priest that 
told me if I did anything wrong for my entire life, or who taught me my entire life that if I did anything wrong, I was going to burn in hell. <clears throat> he ended up being a child toucher. And he touched my brother in the wrong way. So this is why I, that is where I started losing faith and deconstruction, deconstructing. I don't know where you guys went, when or where you guys lost faith or even if you ever had it. I was lucky. I was lucky because I grew up with my parents not, not deciding for me at all. So like, um, we said like a prayer before we went to bed, like now I, uh, now I lay me down to sleep or something like that. Um, and that was it. We never went to church. Um, when we did, it was for something like an Easter, something or other, and there was grandparents involved or something like that. Or when we were visiting like my, uh, my mom's sister in Florida, like we'd end up at church with them sometimes. Or like eventually when I was visiting my father in Florida, I would very occasionally go with him if I was there on a Sunday. But like, other than that, like my parents never said, you have to do this, or you have to do that or whatever. And then I started going like, I'm, I'm from a rich white neighborhood. So there's obviously a Catholic school that everyone came from middle school to go to the high school. And they were all almost, almost exactly talking about what everyone was talking about. And they can just redeem themselves every Sunday, you know? And I remember walking by, you know, like, walking by a locker of a bunch of kids that were clearly still kind of dressed the same. So like they had all just come from that school where you had to wear like khakis and a blue Oxford shirt every day sort of thing. There was like, they hadn't separated enough during high school to like find their own ways. But like, I remember them talking about something or this and that. And I was walking by and I heard them say, dude, it's all right. Sunday will come around. We'll repent. We'll be right back to normal. And like, mm -hmm. they, they, they weren't even just saying it. They were just like, ah, yeah, that's what we do. We can do whatever we want during the week. And this is like the first it allows, it allows them to like justify yeah. those behaviors. And like and that was when I started realizing that like that I never really paid any attention to religion. Nobody I ever really known was that religious to like some kids in my uh, my grade school or whatever. But like it was never pushed on me. Nobody ever said anything to me about it. And when I saw that shit, and then I saw more people being religious and my like my Greek Orthodox Catholic friend that I had forever. I'm looking back at all the things that he said, like during our 25 years of friendship, I'm like, holy shit, that guy was an asshole and a terrible person. And he was religious yeah. and he hated fucking everybody. Now I know they say that, uh, correlation is not always causation or is it causation is, yeah, it's correlation is not always causation. But I think in the example you just cited, there may be, some correlation just a little bit between those you know two. it's a um, consistency too like so many people like that or i mean i know so many people like that or i've met so many people like that or i've heard from on tiktok in my comment section so many people like that or it, it it's it's like a it's like a stable of it, it's like um it's like they're like orcs okay there's just a never-ending supply of them they're all just fucking saying the same fucking nonsense so well, I think I think like like you said and like Aaron said before, it's they find a way to justify the behaviors they're told are sins because they know they get to hit the reset button on Sunday and mm -hmm. start at zero. So I know for for myself, um, 
my mom talked to me at a fairly young age. I don't know if I was like between 10 and 12 or exactly what it was, but she shared with me that um, she had brothers who were altar boys and more than one had experienced uh, a similar situation to um, what Aaron's brother had. So, um, and I... Like looking back on that, I couldn't be more thankful that that was a conversation that she had with me at at an age where like it was still something I had to kind of work through and, and, and figure out. But she said, like, I'm not going to force you to go. I'm only telling you this because I want you to like, I want you to feel like you can make your own decision, which I thought was was really, really cool. Um, but again we 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 live in a country where these organizations and these churches are allowed to have molestation insurance like that's a real thing i thought that was a joke but, no it's not um i had to look it up a number of times just to make sure i kept like resetting my phone being like that has to be wrong yeah yeah uh, the only thing we're worried about and we're screaming about drag shows but yet churches get to have molestation Fucking insurance. 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 Well, and their whole excuse is like they'll be they'll be dealt with by God. It, it doesn't matter that it's happening. Like if if they're in the wrong, they'll be dealt with by God. Is pretty much their whole excuse for never talking about it, but talking about the drag shows and you know transgender individuals and calling them the groomers when in fact that's the furthest thing from it. Um, so for me, my religious background, um, I grew up Baptist. Um. I had a uncle, my, my grandpa's dad or grandpa's brother, um, was a Baptist preacher in Kentucky. Um, so you'd think that there would be some horror stories from that. Um, but in reality, like he was probably, if anybody was going to make me stay a religious Christian, like he would have been the man, like he was the epitome of a man that's by Jesus. Like he, he was a carpenter, like he built houses, like he, like in his, you know, spare time when he wasn't preaching every Sunday. And whenever I went to him, there was never any kind of like condemnation of me or myself. Like when I started getting tattoos and everything, like, you know, my grandma would be condemning me for it. And him and uh, his wife, who were my favorite people in the world, like they would, you know, come and be like, oh, what's that tattoo? Like have meaning of and all this stuff. Like they were very open people for very opposite of what we see as far as Christians. And, you know, we all know there are good Christians out there. That's never been, you know, a thing that we've been against. Um, but much like, um, you Bryce, I've, you know, it's never been pushed on me like religion itself. Like we went every Sunday up until I was about probably seven or eight. Um, my mom got remarried and we actually lived right next to the church that we ended up going to, which was a non-denominational church, which I feel like of all churches is like <laughs> the most okay-ish one is the non-denominationals. Um, we're not going to get too specific here. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, we got a book, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, but I would go over there all the time cause they had the playground, they had a basketball court. Like it was, you know, free reign to play over there. And, you know, I actually had the key to the church that they hid on church ground. So when I had to go to the restroom, like I would just, if I was closer to that door than our house, I would just, you know, unlock, go to the restroom. And sometimes the, uh, the pastor would be there and I would go into his office and talk to him. And like, it was never about religion. It was about how I was doing and all that stuff. So 
if it wasn't for outside sources outside of my family and, you know, the religious leaders I knew, I would probably still be a Christian. But seeing everything that's happened with politics and, you know, other parts, other denominations of Christianity, like Catholicism and other things, it's like, what made me turn away from Christianity? But as far as my background and why I became, you know, atheist, it had nothing to do with like my actual upbringing of Christianity. Well, and I think we need to reiterate for everybody here, if you are, if you have some sort of faith, no matter what religion, creed, cadence, we are not bashing you. We're talking about the four of us and what we believe and how we don't think that any of any religious belief should have any kind of impact on our government whatsoever. Well, and I think like to, to try to put it as concisely as possible, it's the weaponization of your religious beliefs as a way to justify bigotry in any way. Like there's no problem with Christianity as a whole if it's not being used to weaponize or justify the bigotry that takes place. Um, right. And then one thing I did want to note, I know we talked about the four of us, but also early 1991, that was when Michael Stipe um, kind of, you know, stepped away from Christianity. Um, February 91 was when the song Losing My Religion was released. <laughs> Sorry. God Sorry. damn it. I had to. Uh, <laughs> like, did, did you see how hard it was for me to let you have that one? Fuck you, Andrew. I was, I was in on it the moment you said Michael Stipe. I was like, oh, Jesus. He's... It's just me in the corner. Can That's that. two. No, ruling, ruling with ruling with a religion or trying to have it in politics is just fear mongering. That's all it is, and it's the easiest way to get it's easiest way to get people to pay attention. Well, and, and it's and it's how how corporate America is swaying things their way. Well, and it's so it's so what's so interesting about that is like we are forced. <laughs> We all have the boot of late stage capitalism on our throat and we're forced to participate in this economic system that ultimately is about like, how can you market yourself as a company to the broadest base possible, right? Like imagine being someone who is so triggered that a gay, lesbian, bisexual or transgender person might be drinking the same beer as you, Mm -hmm. not like in the same bar. But they, the company, the company might also be marketing to them because they're trying to make the most money in this hellscape of late stage mm-hmm. capitalism. And you're so triggered that you're going to go to the store and buy it just to run it over in your lifted pickup truck or be Adam Calhoun and film yourself dumping it out in the garbage can and then drinking a Coors who is a named partner in the Denver Pride Parade every year. Remember, mm-hmm. remember, remember that guy I told you about who was at my bar a few weeks ago and he was like, I'll take a non-gay Bud Light. And, and, and Allie, my other bartender, she was like, leave right now. But like the fact that, they, the, the, fact that he had, nice. the fact that he had to mention that, that he had to say, I'm getting a Bud Light, but but like I'm not gay. Just, just so you know, hold the gay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, just but like, but like, port that. has rainbows everywhere. It's like a very inclusive. It's obviously a very inclusive place. But like the fact that he felt he had to do that, and he would, what, what like, like, what do you think was gonna happen? He was gonna come up and be like, "Yo, I'll take a non-gay bud." Like I'll be like, "Dude, I, I was worried for a second. I, I thought you were just gonna order the regular Bud Light." 
but looking at okay, the, that's the that's the that's the fridge on the left. Yeah. for those the the other Bud Lights. Hey, hey, right. hey, all y'all out there in the in the bar, just so you know, this guy's straight. Okay, he, he yeah, that's the non-gay also, Bud Light. Like someone, someone coming to Ferndale of all, of all places, places yeah. and being like, I'm going to spread my my right wing propaganda at a place that truly is like. I've I've been there. I've been there with Bryce a few times. Um, and it, it re- like the second you even get into the parking lot, you're aware that this isn't like your um, hole in the wall bar that Seabass from Dumb and Dumber is at six days a week. Like it's it's not a bar where everybody's ordering boilermakers. There, there's a ring toss, <laughs> and, and all the bars on it are a rainbow. And there's also a, a giant Jenga, and every single block is a, is a rainbow color. <laughs> And the board of it is a rainbow all, they, color. Like it's, they all do the thing that the fembots did in Austin Powers when he starts to dance as soon as they see all the rainbows and then they just, their heads explode. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you get a Budweiser shirt on too. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. But it, like, I think that point is, is important that you mentioned, Aaron, is like, this isn't to say that this is like the hit dogs holler uh, portion. Uh, of what we're talking about here is like this is not to say that Christianity as a whole is all bad because I have met people as we all have who are Christian who love everyone and actually do the practice things. Christian Christianity yeah, yeah Christianity actual as it, as it was actual intended. Christianity yeah yeah and and those people are not who we're talking about so I do think that's important to note because whenever we have any conversation, whether it be about Christians or boomers or, or millennials or any or anybody or yeah, or Gambit from the X Men, uh, noted <laughs> member of the DC, noted member of the DC universe, um, it's always like, well, that's not that's not what we're doing. We don't need anyone to not all men Christianity or not all white people Christianity, like just. Listen to what we're saying. It's the same if as weaponizing anything. To you, you know, any, anytime you weaponize anything, let it go. You make it ugly. You know, right? Yes. Um, and according to the Pew Research, forty-five um, percent of American adults say the U.S. should be a Christian nation, but two-thirds of U.S. adults say churches should keep out of politics. So that's a really weird. Like, I don't understand how you would expect us to be a Christian nation. You know, because obviously two-thirds is more than forty-five percent. Yeah. Um, that a math, you think it's a Christian a math nation. That's for all the Republicans but, who are listening yeah. right now. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> the bad thing about polls anymore is that who takes polls? Old people that are just Skiers? sitting in their houses. Skiers do. Well, I mean, so even if it's old, people, that's actually man, really good. Some, da- Bar- some dancers do. Some dancers do. Barber shops. Only the ones that have quartets. Well, and I think um, I was looking at something similar to what you were looking at, and it was talking about the younger generations. um, And it looked like for among the youngest generations, we see that 51 percent of millennial Republicans and 51 percent of Generation Z Republicans want the U.S. to be declared a Christian nation compared to 10 percent of millennial Democrats and 7 percent of Gen Z Democrats. So it is of the people in those generations, it's it heavily leans to the right. And I don't think that's but, a surprise to anyone. But if you, 51% of 
Generation Z Republicans. How big of a percentage of of that the is population that, of it, yeah? It, it, that's Bigger like that, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But also, it was just like so. There was another like study of just like you know what percentage of each age range knows what Christian nationalism actually is, and the ones that knew it the most were the younger generation, like the eighteen to twenty four or something like that. Which is it makes sense because they're more informed, like you know of of their population. It's you know compared to us at a younger age, for instance, in politics and other things, it was just like, I wasn't nearly besides, you know, who the president is and, you know, who I may vote for as a Senator or something like I wasn't nearly as involved as, you know, Gen Z is when it comes to everything that's going on, uh, you know, in our nation. So it's, well, it's, think, it's good. Oh, I was just going to say, think about like this generation has access to news any moment they want they've grown up with the ability to have any information mm -hmm. source any video anything they want at the at their fingertips as as quickly as their internet will load it i remember growing up if i wanted to get on the internet the second somebody got on the phone it kicked me off the internet so like that's where i i hearken back to like if we grew up with this technology i also think so many people would have arrived at the conclusions we have at an earlier age because you would have had so much more at your fingertips. Like in Aaron's case, if it didn't come to the house via Pony Express, he would have no idea. Fuck you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 on a, on a serious note, and I think that's for um, it is good to see that like the younger generation is taking advantage of that, and they are. They are active in ways that we weren't. We weren't able to organize and do these things in the ways that they can. And we can participate now. But it's awesome to see the activism from from Gen Z, from Gen Alpha, who's right behind them. Um, I, I think it's really cool. And, and that's why something like TikTok, the government or certain people in the government want to do away with it. You look mm -hmm. at the Democratic... Um, members of the Tennessee House that they expelled. Yeah. And somehow the white woman kept her seat, but the two young black men were, were expelled. And they had people in the House like the same day. Yeah. So just to be able to do that and to be able to organize efficiently and effectively, um, you can't do that on Facebook. You can't do that on any of these other platforms. So it's... It's it's a lot, but you know I think there there is there is some good that can be had from it certainly. Well, yeah, just the way of consuming because I mean obviously we had the internet you know going into those teen twenties years, but like the way you're able to consume you know news and everything is because it was basically pulling up articles that were in the newspaper is all you got to do like <laughs> was the most if you're the newspaper yeah. you wanted to read from actually had a website versus now where it's just like you have your favorite you know, not only commentators, but ones that like, you know, write for those newspapers, but also have their own blogs and TikToks and whatever it may be or Twitter. Or like, exclusively you know. are exclusively digital. Like, yeah, so many journalists are no longer at newspapers because let's be honest, who the fuck is reading newspaper anymore? Besides the top like five newspapers globe or right. you know, in the country. Well, and then you can read them digitally as well. Like you can just yeah. subscribe to the Wall Street <laughs> Journal online. Or right. wherever online, like, 
but yeah, that, that I think that's that's certainly important to note that like whether it be videos, whether it be articles, whether it be whatever, like nothing was up the way it is. Like it, it's wild to go to be able to watch something trend on Twitter or to be able to watch something trend somewhere and watch everything that goes along with it. You know, to be able to watch January 6th live and see all the tweets and all the information that was coming out. That was such a surreal moment. I remember they gave us the rest of that afternoon off of work and they were like, we'll just call it a day. And it was like to to not even. I don't It was just such a like no, that, that was experience. that was just a protest. That was just a protest. <laughs> it was just a guided tour. Yeah. I, lo- I love how Tucker Carlson came up, with, came up with that like three or four months after all the footage had been released. He just showed that little bit of footage of people touring. He's like, see, what, what was all that other nonsense? <laughs> that wasn't. Yeah, like don't don't mind the ones who smeared their shit on yeah. the walls. Like, <laughs> let's look. Or the ones that. that beat a police officer with an American flag. I mean, that 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 footage was put out months ago, so it's obsolete now somehow. And here's us just walking then, through the walking through the aisles. And they all talked about how it was Antifa and all this, but yet they censor Adam Schiff, who is working on all the January sixth stuff. And they they demonize and vilify the January 6th committee and they try to undermine it. So it's like, did Antifa do January 6th? And if so, why are the Republicans so against anything from the January 6th committee coming out at all? And like, is it Jack Smith? Is the Yeah, Jack Smith is the district he's, attorney. He's the prosecutor. He's a prosecutor, yeah. He is about to drop these fucking 300 page indictments on all of them there was yeah, like that guy's not fucking five, around that guy that guy hit. there was five <laughs> there was five republicans who texted or asked mark meadows in person for pardons from january 6th and there was like eight or nine more who did so in passing or via email matt gates wanted all republicans to receive a blanket pardon for january 6th so what i will ask the audience is why if they were not complicit in any crimes or guilty in any way would all of the republican party in congress need to be pardoned for what and mark meadows, mark meadows because, the, F- a, because uh, the fbi is weaponized and the doj is weaponized and the also to be clear matt gates wasn't at january 6th because that was all happening at about 2 15 and that's when his girlfriend gets out of high school so he had to go yeah. pick her up and nice. that's a long line. He, he has an Especially alibi. Especially in D.C., come on. He has an alibi for that. Uh, did, did, did Mark Meadows, did he, did he take a plea bargain in order to testify against all those people that were in that recordings, right? I, I believe he's getting favorable treatment for his... Meadows under um, oath. Yeah. His participation. The claim. But Marjorie Taylor Greene got the, you know, because... All the footage got released to Tucker Carlson. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene got it. And she's like, we're going to show it to the public. And then all of a sudden she's like, we're not going to show it to the public. (laughs) Why, Marjorie? Because we can show that it was you that was... I'm not going to say it. It was edited. It was edited. There's no proof... There's there's no angle that you can see it, but if you've seen the footage of the person who drops that duffel bag off, yeah, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah, and you put it alongside Mar, she has a very unique gait 
when she walks. Yes. Yes. Her stride and her arms and her legs are in such a way that it's just not like the normal way a human walks. It looks like if an alien jumped in someone's body and was like joysticking <laughs> the arms and legs around, that's kind of what it looked like. So to see that with the hood up and everything, and then you see the the members of the members of Congress who were tweeting the whereabouts of Democratic members. Yes, like, Lauren Bobert, like it's. And she yeah. was giving tours the day the before. The ones who gave tours on January fifth. Yeah, she the tours the, the day one. before. Now this this is and a yeah, this is these... a very important room, and this one isn't. But this room is very important okay moving on <laughs> you're telling me you're telling me jethro and the other guys who were smearing their shit on the walls knew where nancy pelosi's office was because they just stumbled upon it and don't get me wrong i don't love nancy pelosi i'm not a fan of nancy pelosi whatsoever she, sh- <clears throat> she I don't needs think to any no of longer participate in, in government herself at her age but and the insider trading is also illegal, and she yeah. should be at her age and her wealth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, all like all of this stuff isn't isn't pure happenstance, and it's it's so funny how so many people on the right have the memory of a goldfish when they say things like "we're going to show all the footage," and then they don't. We're gonna, mm-hmm. it was Antifa, and then it was someone else, and then it was the FBI, and then it was like, okay, so you're telling me the FBI was installed. And they're the ones who just came in and stormed the, the Capitol. Like, it's exactly like Rudy Giuliani just the other day where the whistleblower for, uh, that was going to expose the Biden crime family, he died. Sorry. Like, we, we had him. We had, uh, so close. Uh, we had him. Uh, the stupid, stupid whistleblower had died. It's like, the, <laughs> it's like the guy that you went to high school with. It was like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend. She's so hot. And then you're like, oh, that's awesome. What, what, who's her teacher? And he's like, oh, she goes to school. And it, it's a different school. It's one you've never heard of in a city you've never heard of. But she's so – here's a picture. And it's just like a, a stock image with like the Getty images <laughs> across the front. And you're like, oh, do you want to bring her to the party? And it's like, oh, she, she fell off a cliff and died on impact. So she can't actually come. But Why do you seem like you have that speech rehearsed? <laughs> Because I've I've explained to people how you've talked about girlfriends in the past, so I've, <laughs> I've had it. I've, I've had it prepped. And okay, ready. Aaron. Aaron. But now no, you have to see like, a pattern there. This is how he he gets you back. You got you got to see that pattern. You got to find a way to do it. Don't to ask insert questions. a block there. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna work with you. We're gonna get him. I promise. <laughs> one of these Aaron days, it's like, gonna be a fuck you, Aaron. It's like he. No, we've had one or two of those, but it's like. Aaron is metaphorically just gently putting that ball right yeah. on the tee. When he, when he, when like he starts talking, I'm like, oh, God, here like... it comes. Because <laughs> I, I see, I, 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 I see you sitting there like. Everybody act, Everybody listening knows that I just tee you up, Andrew. But, but Bryce, Bryce, this is canon. You can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fuck this up for us. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce has gone all fifth wall on us. What the fuck? One of one of my favorite one of my favorite gifts that's available in iMessage is the one where it's Jack Nicholson from The Departed, where he's going like this, and then it just zooms in on his face, and it gets so aggressively close. That's me as Aaron is asking these questions that I'm already like, yeah. three words in. I know how this is. Going. Yep. 
lining up the next comment. Andrew Park has 333 coming in. Andrew. He's got a 3 count. There we go. Are they going to give him the green light? Is that a 68-mile-an-hour fastball? Just right down the middle. Plane? Add a little tail on it. Oh, we started this with Christianity and in politics and we have gone off the rails which this which that's is what this happen. podcast does folks well, no, I, I, this podcast could be called no i i think we all needed that i think that's what happened yeah, like we were like we were all focused yeah, like yeah. all staring like at the center of our fucking screens and oh light it up a few jokes if you fuck you andrews there were hardly any fuck you andrews like it wasn't yeah. going well. <laughs> no, yeah, no, we, we, were, we were actually like making good points and everything which is the worst part everyone's gonna be like Fuck! I listen to these guys for entertainment, not for fucking brains. Which is which is why which is why I want to say you're welcome for the Michael Stipe losing my religion reference that I slid in there a few yeah. minutes ago. That was so yeah. awful. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Andrew. It, 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 it was the bomb that set off this powder keg. Like <laughs> it did. You're like, what's that? What's that really long string that's lighting and, and slowly getting I'm smaller? Still standing like, am am I Wiley E. Coyote in this moment right now? <laughs> oh, but yeah, and and again, this conversation could go for for five hours or ten or twenty, but I I, I feel like we uh, this was a good unearthing of uh, yeah. of the topic. Yeah, I, I think everybody realizes if if they had listened to us, not knowing where we stand in life, <laughs> I, I I think you know now. This was a I casual mean, introduction. You know, like yes, like yeah. he makes a good point though, because like whenever I see a white guy, a cis hat bearded white guy walk in anywhere, even in Fernell, I'm like, like squint eyes. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait for this guy to open his fucking mouth, and then I'm and and then I'm, <laughs> and then he just orders a Bud Light and doesn't ask for. And I'm like, okay, it's a good, like, I'm, okay, at least you're start. fine for now. That's for now, you're start. fine. <laughs> whenever I make new friends at the bar, I'm always like. Okay, we're, we're going to take this slow, right? Let me ask you a few questions. Bryce, if I walk up in my T-shirt, Wranglers, cowboy boots, and ball cap. Your Zubaz pants? No, not my Z- <laughs> Fuck off, Andrew. Count. That one doesn't that count. That was close. But what are you going to think about me when I walk up? No, I, I'm really good at, at like, um, not showing my, my, my predetermined, like, Oh God! Is that white guy? I'm always like, it's called a poker face, Mister Semi-Professional yeah. Poker. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like, exactly I've been wearing a mask for too long. I'm, I'm there. I'm down there talking to myself now. Like, I've got the mask. And I'm like, you're like, did you just call me a motherfucker? And you're like, oh shit, I'm not wearing a mask anymore. I don't what? think he's flopped a set. I mean, what a check raising out of turn. Damn it! And like, it's, and the guy next to me's like, you said, I'm sorry. Did you say something? I'm like, oh shit. I'm talking about my. Hand. Whoops. But then I walked up to you and said, happy pride. He'd be like, what? You see, that's the worst part. Is I'm, I'm becoming yeah, skeptical, to, too. To, Somebody says that shit, I'm like, are you being sarcastic? Are you trying to be an asshole? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, like, age is setting gotcha. in. I've known you for too long, maybe, is what it is. Aaron. If, if, yeah. your age is, if your age is setting in, talk to Aaron. He has a lot of experience with that. Yeah. I, I will turn you into a curmudgeon. I will ruin all. No, three I, I, of you. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually starting remember. to dig it. It's, it's, it's falling on like a cool blanket, you know. Like it's, I like it. It's cozy. 
Stay tuned for our next episode when we talk about giving men dating <laughs> advice on the next episode of Four Guys with the Podcast. <laughs> We're just going to go over every single one that stereotypical male podcast, but go against yeah. what they say. That's that's how this is going to roll. So out the next now. episode needs to be what women find attractive. <laughs> Let's tell men what women find attractive. <laughs> Well, no, no, you see what he's doing there. He's not saying oh, the other way around. He's saying the way it should be. But yeah, but but, but we're, we're going to be perfect for that episode. We got one married guy who's got a bunch of kids, uh, one divorced guy who's got a bunch of kids, fucking Aaron, and then me. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a clip. And then me, Dick. a fucking Star Wars loving guitar player who doesn't have a driver's license. So if you want to know. We, we got fucking answers for you, all right? <laughs> One of us is going to yeah. know what you need. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it alone. Four alphas. <laughs> Four alphas. You see, dude? They're even laughing about calling themselves alphas. They're so beta. I can't. That's such a beta move. Can I, I, I've seen that? a lot of them saying Sigma recently. What? Is, is Sigma above Beta but not Alpha? Is uh, I, I don't I, know. I, re I refuse to work myself into the Greek alphabet and the the hierarchy of. Uh, let's see. Let's see. A Sigma male is a man who is autonomous and nonconformist, and who does not fit into cultural or traditional gender stereotypes. Wait. So Sigma means gender is a spectrum. <laughs> so if they say, if they say they're a Sigma, they're acknowledging that. That gender like is gender a fluid. spectrum. That is not beautiful. a binary. That, How that is, is beautiful. That? That, is the, that is, okay, I, like, that's the best thing to come out of this podcast is finding out what Sigma means. <laughs> uh, oh my God, I love and this. And I love so how it's just like, it's, I love how it's like an individual that is able to make his own decisions as a Sigma, and they're like, fucking Sigma males. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Uh, also, can we, like, just t tell everybody right now, we are never, ever, ever going to have a podcast about relationships. Ever, ever, I ever, ever. I, I make ever. no promises. We may run out of well, ideas eventually. After, after next week, we won't. <laughs> but yeah, <definitely> not. <laughs> Fuck you, Andrew. <laughs> All right, Andrew, tell them about our sponsor. So our sponsor is... One handsome son of a bitch who goes by the name of R.T. Slaywood. Uh, and his novel is The Ballad of Bonaduke. You can find it on Kindle Vela. And uh, I just talked to him before the podcast today. And he said, um, if you have not read the entirety of the novel, um, but you listen to the podcast, he has all of your personally identifiable information. And he will be ready to haunt your <laughs> dreams. So do with that what you will. Did he mention the if cruise? Like, when is this happening? I'm oh, tired of so, hearing about yeah. next week, so, next week, so the next cruise, week. So the cruise, he said, is actually just going to be a pontoon boat. And <sighs> he has enough gas to do two laps around the lake. But the, the thing is, it's a lake near Bryce and I. So you guys just have to make your way out to Michigan. We get two laps. So we'll have like a nine to 12 minute podcast episode. How big's the lake? <laughs> Wait. Uh, roughly the size of is, is this gonna be is, is this going to be near Traverse nice. City? Gotcha. That sounds like a Traverse City sort of activity. That's too far away. Okay, cool. I was gonna say because because the biggest I was trying to I was trying to make this convenient for you and I. Oh. Aaron and Polly can figure it out. I was gonna say because the but uh... yeah the pot 
the, uh, the, the level, the content level of KKK groups and cocaine in Traverse City is staggering. I don't really think at the moment I'm interested in either of those. But yeah, I was just trying. To, I was just trying to set up the next episode. That's all. But but the, oh, the, the one thing I did, the one thing I didn't include uh, was that the pontoon boat was at the bottom of the lake until it was dredged out. But we put Flex Seal all over the bottom of it, and I don't know if you guys have seen the commercials. It worked. But Flex Seal can hold anything, so. Looks like it floats. We'll let Aaron get on first, and that way we'll determine whether or not it does. Nine toes, but, but yeah. So our, I'm our, a good swimmer. I'm a good swimmer. R.T. Slaywood, The Ballad of Bonaduke, uh, Kindle Vela. It's available there exclusively. It's in our link tree. It's going to be in the description of the episode. You can find him on TikTok as well. Um, he's hilarious, objectively. Outside of the novel, uh, his videos make me cackle. Uh, yeah. Just about every time I see him. He is a very funny person. His, his Twitter is really good, too. Like, good really good. And, yeah. and, and we're going to say on the podcast that we're not just saying that because he's sponsoring us. And you can decipher whether or not we actually feel that way. But because we're being paid to say so, we're definitely not just saying that because we're being paid to do so. <laughs> and I think that uh, that about wraps it up. We got we got seven of these boys uh, in the episode here, and I think there's there's one more we need before we can, visit, we can call it a night. Visit the link in all of our bios on our on our social medias. Um, we've got the Redbubble uh, merch store that Polly has worked very hard on. Has anyone I'm bought not, a shower I, curtain yet? I wasn't going to bring it up, but... <laughs> Bullshit! Bullshit! You were definitely going to bring it up. Fucking raised. I'm all in. That was like... <laughs> like, the way you looked over, you're like, well, I wasn't going to bring it up. Did you see him bat his fucking eyelashes at the camera, and he's like, I wasn't going to bring it up. He, he, he was like the Bill Hader thing, you know. Uh, wait, da 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 <laughs> the Allen, the Allen. I love that. That's good. But but oh if you God. do want a shower curtain with all of this all over it, fuck you, Andrew. You know what's terrifying? I, you know, what, Aaron. I, I don't think you realize is that if somebody's just listening to this and not watching it. That is going to sound way worse than it looked. Well, it looked oh, bad. Yeah. yeah. To be if clear. you want some of this <laughs> all over you. Hey, follow us on YouTube, folks. <laughs> and there and and there goes the sound of the audience Get the drying up to, to levels they, that we've never seen before. <laughs> Fuck you, Andrew. Oh, we're nailing it here at the end. Yeah, we we're closing out strong. Okay, we got nine. That's probably it. Yeah, before, that's probably uh, good. But thank you for listening. Anybody else have anything to add? Nope. Well, as always. Oh, six, seven, eight.